Are you also tired of one-size-fits-all weight loss plans? Meet Noom, the personalized solution that meets you where you are. Noom is able to understand your unique needs, from dietary restrictions to medical concerns. Unlike restrictive programs, Noom embraces your lifestyle and choices. Discover a sustainable approach to weight loss, tailored just for you. Honestly, Noom felt like it was made for me. It's not just about what I eat. It's about understanding why. With Noom, I've learned so much about myself and built healthier habits that stick. It's all about progress, not perfection. Say goodbye to restrictive diets and experience the Noom app for yourself with personalized lessons and expert coaching. Noom's psychology and biology-based approach has helped over 5.2 million people achieve their goals. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Star Wars 7x7 episode 2393. Today we are continuing our series of deep dives into Light of the Jedi. It's the first adult novel in the High Republic Publishing Initiative. And today we're going to focus on the things that we have learned about the big baddies in this book, The Nile. Punch it. Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy and thank you so much for joining me for it. So we are going to get into spoilery territory for Light of the Jedi in talking about the Nile and how they are structured and what they do and how that changes during the course of the novel. In fact, I dare say that is the biggest turn in the novel. That is the moment when Marshawn Rowe lets you know just how DP has been thinking and planning about what's going on. That is the part of the novel where you go, and you start to freak out a little bit, or a lot bit, as the case may be. But before we get to that, let's talk about the Nile themselves. So there is a person at the top of the ladder who is referred to as the Eye, that is Marshawn Rowe, his father Asgar Rowe before him, who has been killed at this point, and one of the Tempest Runners, he believes, is responsible for having done it. So who are the Tempest Runners? Basically, they are independent operators within the Nile. So there are three of them at the start of the novel. One is named Kasav, one is named Lorna D, and the other is named Panita. And they have their own raider organizations underneath them that are comprised of clouds and strikes and storms, and they have this whole organizational structure. But if they want to pull any jobs, they have to get the approval of the Eye. And the reason why that's the case is because the Eye is the person who is maintaining access to the paths. And the paths are basically hyperspace routes, but they're not just hyperspace routes. They are unique ones that have been prospected not by anyone else in the galaxy, only by the Nile and only the eye has access to them. So he parses them out as needed to allow jobs to happen. And the Tempest Runners and the eye all vote on whether they think a job is worth doing. The eye gets two votes. So the eye ultimately gets to, you know, overrule in a tie, unless all the Tempest Runners are against something. In that case, then obviously it doesn't work out. Small matters, ultimately. 
What is particularly useful and important to note is that the dynamic it creates amongst the Tempest Runners means that they are all sort of courting favor with the eye to be able to get access to paths that help them to get jobs and make money for their Tempest. And then they also have to give a share of the cut to the eye for having provided the paths. It also makes things seem as though the eye will not be overthrown. And obviously that didn't necessarily work in the case of Asgar Roe, who is Marshawn Roe's dad, because one of the Tempest Runners apparently killed him. But it seems like it's holding for the time being. But Kassav, for one, has been rather dissatisfied with things. And from the narrative, there is stuff about the Nile where he's thinking that on the surface, they are all about freedom, about breaking away from the galaxy's systems of control. Forget the Republic, forget the huts, forget anything but doing what you wanted, when you wanted. However, the reality is apparently not that simple and free, he says, or he's thinking in the narrative. Once you were in Nihil, you still had a boot on your chest, even if you didn't always feel it, because of all the burn parties and smash and the thrill of taking what you wanted when you wanted, you still had to do exactly what your bosses above you said and the bosses above them. If you didn't, at best you didn't get your share of the rule of three, how they split all the proceeds for things. And at worst, obviously, you're dead. Now, through the first two-thirds of the novel, Marshawn Rowe is presented as someone who has taken over the mantle for his father. He is, you know, getting money from the jobs that the Tempest Runners do, but he doesn't really seem all that motivated or into what's happening. He's just kind of marking the calendar and going through his days and, you know, getting new paths. And that's a whole other conversation we'll have separately. And, you know, signing jobs and you're know, sitting at a lone table watching everybody party and not taking part in it and just being, you know, pouty and sad. But as it turns out, the great disaster, the incident with the legacy run is not just the inciting incident for the whole story of Light of the Jedi. It's actually the inciting incident for Marshawn Rowe, for his particular story. And to talk about what happens with the Nile and with Marshawn Rowe as a result, we're going to have to get even more spoilery. So there's your fair warning. As we know from previously public stuff, the Legacy Run seems to think that something was in its way in hyperspace, which shouldn't happen, but apparently has. And it seems to be accidental from everything that I've read. One of Panita's ships ends up crossing paths with the Legacy Run, going sideways to it. And that's, again, part of the whole other conversation about the paths that we'll have. And that's what causes the disaster. There's a flight recorder that's able to pick up on this information that identifies the Nile as part of the problem. And so what ends up happening is Marshawn Rose sends Lorna D's folks and Kassav's folks out to deal with this, or at least to try to deal with it, or... Does he really, in other words, does he actually have other motivations for sending them out there? Yes, actually, he does. Because it turns out that one of the things that will be revealed to us over the course of this whole 
storytelling initiative is the fact that Marshawn Rowe has a history with the Jedi. His family has a history with the Jedi, and it's not a good one. And so he has a powerful resentment of them. And the incident with the Great Disaster is the thing that actually got him into motion. It was something where... You know, he was just going about his life and living his life. And then with the Republic moving into the Outer Rim and launching the Starlight Beacon, that kind of reawakened his hatred of the Jedi. Like he had just been kind of cruising on and doing his own thing. But that projection into the Outer Rim, into his quiet, <laughs> if brutal way of life, was more than he could stand. And then the Legacy Run disaster event is the thing that got him off his duff and said, to him, or made him say to himself, okay, now it's time for me to do something about this. And to buy a bit of time for himself and for the rest of the Nihil, he picks the person of the three Tempest Runners that he thinks is the one who killed his father, sends that one with the entire Tempest off to quote-unquote intercept the flight recorder and really what it is is he's sending the guy into a trap it's a trap <laughs> where a third of the Nile will be wiped off the face of the galaxy and what this does is change the whole dynamic of the Tempest Runners in the Eye because now it's not the Tempest Runners coming to the Eye and presenting jobs and deciding of, uh, you know, do we pursue this means of making money? Do we pursue that means of making money? Instead, Marshawn Rowe evolves and becomes somebody who is going to use this organization for his own personal vendetta, in addition to doing all the horrible things to get money that he's been doing or that he's been having the Tempest Runners do this whole time. And when I tell you that it seems like it's going to be brutal, my oh my, that last third of the novel, as we talked about earlier this week in the non-spoiler review section of things, oh yeah, it really lit up in that final third, to be sure. So as I had said in that episode, it rewards your patience and time going through it. There's a lot of peace setting that happens, and you think as you're reading it that Marshawn Rowe is you know, just a, a very passive kind of villain, and instead he is playing a very different kind of game. And when the gambit is up and he shows his true colors, it is frightening. And so that's where we're gonna leave things about the Nile right now. There is gonna be more with regard to this whole path business, but for now, that's gonna do it for this episode. It just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it, as always. And may the Force be with you, wherever in the world you may be. Star Wars 7x7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited, other respective trademark and copyright holders. May the Force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B &B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824.